0: Hello and welcome to the Conscious Buddy podcast. I am Estella, creator of the Conscious Buddy community. Conscious Buddy is a worldwide community that encourages us to make a difference to the lives of ourselves and others through connecting and collaborating with like-minded individuals who want to live a more conscious life and work towards solutions that create a better world. On today's Conscious Buddy podcast, we welcome Nicola Graydon-Harris. Nicola is a writer, journalist, film publicist and yoga teacher. Born in South Africa, her passion for indigenous traditions were aligned by a chance encounter with a Bushman activist, which led to her very first story in the London Sunday Times. Since then, she has worked with the traditional Sangoma healers in South Africa and Kiero people of Peru. She has contributed stories to most mainstream magazines and newspapers, including Sunday Times Magazine, The Saturday Telegraph Magazine, The Evening Standard, The Mail, The Guardian, The Independent, Mary Claire and Harper's Bazaar on a wide variety of topics, from celebrity interviews to alternative health and the environment. In 2012, she co-authored The Ancestral Continuum, Unlock the Secrets of Who You Really Are, exploring the spiritual and emotional legacies we inherit from all those who have gone before us. The book took four years to write and includes countless interviews, anecdotal stories, rituals and prayers to help us reconnect with our ancestors. Publishers Simon and Schuster called it a powerful and revolutionary blueprint for transforming how we feel about ourselves. Currently, she divides her time between travelling with the movies as a film publicist and teaching yoga and meditation. Hi Nicola. Hi Estella. How are you?
1: I'm good, thank you.
0: Good. Um, Thank you so much for agreeing to do this podcast with me. I'm really, really excited about this particular subject um, which is ultimately the ancestral healing journey. There are so many different, obviously, ways we can describe it. Uh, your book is, uh, or you co a book, The Ancestral Continuum, um, Unlock the Secrets of Who You Really Are, uh, which I actually have in front of me, and I have it signed by you. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to kind of go back and uh, speak about how it is Um, I I met you and how I came across your book and how this kind of journey started. So I believe it was about four years ago. Um, So I was running a studio then, the Yoga Buddy Studio. And at the studio, there was a course, which was Yoga and Mindfulness for Addiction, which was run by Shora Hall. And, um, And I met you. I met you on this course. And at this particular time in my life, and I don't really know where it came from, but I started to really think about where where I came from, the family that I came from, who I was, and recognising that my recovery journey um had taken me to this point of I'm so much more than just me and I had been on this recovery journey kind of trying to remove these parts of me desperately trying to heal myself thinking that it was sort of all me um until I got to a point where I realized well hold on a minute I I come from generations of trauma and you know also of um of, of a lot of strengths and, you know, things that I hadn't really discovered about my family or myself. Um, and and somehow I got in this conversation about it and you just went, oh yeah, I co-wrote I co- a book called The Ancestral Continuum. And I was like, what? <laughs> this is amazing. And you said, yeah, I'll bring it in for you tomorrow. And you brought this book in and you signed it and, um, and I was just in such awe. And I knew then at this point that I was being shown to be on this path. And I started to read this book and I was totally blown away by it. So the person that you co it was a lady called Natalie, uh, Natalia O'Sullivan. And, um, And her story was about, she started to talk about her grandfather and how her grandfather was from Galicia and it was all part of the Spanish Civil War. And I was like, oh, wow. Well, I'm, you know, half Spanish and uh, my father is from Galicia and of course, all part of the Spanish Civil War. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And then of course, she started to talk about her grandmother and her grandmother was a Russian Jew and or or Polish Jew or Russian Jew. And I um and, and spoke about, you know, the kind of the, the journey of getting over to America and this was the same as my family as well.
1: <laughs> so, on my mum's side. I think that that story is my husband, actually, oh, husband okay. side is is my husband. Her father's side was Hungarian. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, nonetheless, okay, how extraordinary that you had that Galician connection,
0: yeah exactly and and then uh, and and even so, you know, just the fact that uh, wherever it had come from, just the fact that that both of these lineages w- were written in this book, and it was clearly uh, it felt like a message anyway, <laughs> you know for me that okay, and I. I cannot tell you that my ancestral healing journey from this point has just been beyond powerful, beyond words. It's actually got to a point now where I have said I need to write a book on it because it has just completely blown me away. There is no way I could... uh, you know talk about this in in the space of 10 minutes because it's been years worth of a, of a journey and it's un unraveled so much for me but um I know you do want to ask me a couple of questions around that so but I'm, I'm going to kind of revert it back to you first and just kind of talk about how that started for you what what took you to this journey what took you to to write this book and
1: yeah so I've been thinking about it. And, and I think the fact that I was born in Africa is is no accident. Um, and I'll come back to that. Then, of course, my father died when I was 12, 13. So that was my kind of moment where my world completely shattered. And in our family, we all kind of did had different ways of coping with it. And this, my way was a spiritual searching journey. And also obviously this idea of where the hell did he go? You know? Mm. Um, And, you know, there were moments where there was no presence of him, but then there were other moments where his presence was very clear. Um, And I had one, like, completely magical, surreal experience where I was in an incredibly um, abusive relationship that I couldn't get out of. And I remember one morning in London, like at dawn, Saying, okay, that's it. I'm going to wrap myself around a tree. If I die, I die. If I don't die, at least I'm going to be taken out. I'll be in hospital for six months. He'll leave the building and, you know, it'll be fine. And I wasn't going to tell this story. But anyway, I'm telling it. So there we go. (laughs) Um, Because it's got something to do with all of this. Anyway, I'm driving, you know, doing my kind of rock and roll, you know, suicide death. um, And I, I flash past this tree in Richmond. And there's all these things all over this tree. And so some part of me goes, well, maybe I'll check that out before I go there. So I go to the roundabout, come back go and park, walk over to this tree. And there's like these. First of all, I see chalk markings on the ground around the tree saying, I guess the party had to end. We're so sorry. And then there were all these cards and teddy bears and beautiful outpourings of love and so obviously I know that somebody died against the tree so that's already going oh okay and also seeing the pain of all the people around this person and then I see her name and it was Nicola and it was like (laughs) boom (laughs) it was like like I'd walked through some kind of portal and it was this moment of going you are so taken care of you are so taken care of. Um, And I think, so that was one moment. I think it's significant that it was a tree, Hmm. the whole idea of the family tree. And then with my journalism, I went a lot to Africa. My first story for the Sunday Times was with the Bushmen. So I connected with, we are indeed all related to the Bushmen. um, And they are these extraordinary you know so i started researching our lineage where we come from the whole african element and also understanding that their um their society is so connected to the earth of course so non hierarchical so um they had these extraordinary mechanisms for de- dealing with ego for example um where the big hunter of the village gets a big old Eland and he'll leave it at the edge of the village, come into the village and go, Oh, well, I got an Eland, but it's really skinny and it was really slow. And I didn't have to, you know, work that hard to get it so that he doesn't rise himself above the rest. And then they have these extraordinary um, healing dances, you know, where they dance all night in a circle and they talk about, Um, at a certain point obviously they're going into trance which we know and they're using the drums and the feet and they then they talk about these ropes to God Um, and then from there I went to do stories about the Sangomas which weirdly as just half an hour ago on my phone a live stream comes in from a sangoma doing an ancestral ceremony for covid <laughs> for the world using all the drums from i'm like going oh okay so yeah, <laughs> i want to talk about that then
0: <laughs> brilliant
1: <laughs> and i started going to this valley in, in south africa called ancestors valley where all these sangoma healers they're essentially the indigenous healers are called to and they're called to this place in dreams and they go and live there in caves like living in a super subsistence existence, praying, um, drumming, learning about herbs, um, doing ceremony, 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 and they're all connecting and cleansing their ancestral lines. And so I've been there a lot, a lot, a lot, and I found it to be extraordinarily moving and transformational. I could see transformations happening to people you know, I'd go there one year and this person would be suffering from epileptic fits, you know, five times a day. I'd go there three years later, say, and she would just be completely serene and calm mm. and and just full of light, really, which mm. is what I was doing. And then I would come back here and I'd be like, oh, my God, we are so disconnected. What happened mm. to our connection, to our our people and in our connect, in our disconnect from our ancestors is our disconnection with the earth. It's mm. lovely. There's a lovely African wisdom keeper from Burkina Faso called um, Malodoma Soma, And he talks a lot about, you know, the ancestors are beneath our feet. Mm. The power is in the earth. The power of the ancestors is in our This idea that they're in heaven Mm. is, um, to them, very mistaken. And so I love that idea of the connection with the earth through the Mm. earth. Um, And I think that's part of our Western, because I do think it's Western, this disconnection with, as you called it, our mother earth and the, and and all indigenous people have this so whether you know the Na- the native american indians as we know not only do they honor their ancestors but they talk about the earth in the terms of mother earth father sky you know the 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 whole all our re- all our relations including the creepy crawlies the animals mm. you know it's like this whole holistic um, way of being and I think the moment that we cut ourselves off from the ancestors, we lost that whole, you know, we lost the whole, yeah, yeah. and became separated.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, how did you get into into writing the book? I mean, what kind of led you to that? From
1: well, it was probably it was pretty much then Natalia and her husband and I would do. Um, they are both healers. Um, and psychics, and so I started work with them probably when I was about twenty five maybe, and they were living in Scotland at the time, and we would do a lot of work around the sacred standing stones up in the um, in the west coast of Scotland mm. and we would do you know the rituals for example, on Halloween or the Day of the Dead, so we would do you know have a huge retreat at that at those moments. And I probably did a lot of healing work over the years through um, all my lineages, through those retreats. Um, And eventually I said to Natalia, I think you should write a book about the ancestors. I I think you should write a book. And she did. And then there was something about it that wasn't working. I think one publisher went bust. And then, you know, it was just like, you know, and so I said, well, maybe I should write the book with you. And so we went into this partnership of, of writing the book together. Mm.
0: Um, it's, it's quite its quite funny, isn't it? How, how things, <laughs> what we perceive are things not going right. <laughs> but actually, the ancestors are just guiding us in another direction, <laughs> and giving us the signs and the messages <laughs> that we don't always here straight away but there is an insight if you like you know um and usually quite a strong insight uh, Mm -hmm. that comes knocking at the door Mm -hmm. uh, that tells us what direction it is that we actually need to be going in and what message and we don't always like that you know our ego kind of goes oh yeah I'm not I'm not too sure about that (laughs)
1: definitely I'm going to keep pushing that door open that is not opening I'm going to keep bashing my head against that brick wall (laughs) until it hurts enough that I go oh maybe just turn right and yeah exactly and that's
0: why it's so difficult to almost explain the ancestral journey to people when people say to me well what what do you receive I I always have a big smile on my face when people ask me that question (laughs) because I'm like it's not black and white it's just not black and white (laughs) just once you open up that portal once you open up that door you know it's just a case of surrendering to it and committing to it making that commitment to yourself that you're on the ancestral healing path you've opened up those doors now brace yourself
1: (laughs) yeah oh I'd love you to give a story now about what that means to you just one, (laughs) one little moment
0: Okay, so if I think I had to really give give one little moment for that, um, I, I really started to become very, very kind of interested in, in this kind of this idea of ancestral healing, and and I knew that I needed to to delve deep into uh, my ancestral uh, wounds, if you like, because of where I was in my life at the time and 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 things that I couldn't quite break free from, um, of patterns that I were, I was repeating over and over and over again. And I started to realize that I, that it wasn't just me. These were in my roots. And, um, anyway, this, this, uh, somebody that I knew had, um, said that she had, was uh, um, going to an, an event and you can, see, well, you used to be able to see it on Facebook that where somebody was going to an, an event and it said, you know, a soul retrieval in in London and in Covent, in Covent Garden in London. So I thought, sort of, oh, I'm really interested in soul retrieval work. So I went in and as I looked, I noticed that, you know, there was a course that was being run, um which was ancestral healing and becoming a practitioner in ancestral healing. And it just instantly I went, I need to be on, I need to be on this course. Um, I signed up for the course straight away and I started my journey with that. Not last January, the January before, yeah. So not last January, January before. So two two years ago um and I was sort of up and down to London and I knew I knew that I was I was meant to be doing this uh, I knew I was exactly where I was meant to be and I started to really unlock and it was you know it was with a shaman and it was guided in a shamanic way <clears throat> and um and I I knew that I was starting to kind of open up this this portal into the spirit world if you like you know um And from this, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, things just started to happen. My mum ended up receiving an email from her cousin saying, we are going to do a family reunion for the brothers that passed away. So that would have been my granddad, his um, father, and then anyway, they opened that up to all five brothers. So there were five brothers all together and they would have been between the ages of a 100 and 110 if they were still alive. I never met my granddad. Um, he died when my mum was 19, but I've always felt his presence really strongly. And, um, it, it's like, I know him, you know, um, and anyway, so all of a sudden, this year, so I started the course in January, and within June, I'm in my my mum's cousin's house in Surrey with all my family there talking about my granddad my great uncle wow. finding out that my great uncle was a world-renowned healer and dowser, and he healed Princess Diana, Duchess of York. Oh,
1: my God.
0: (laughs) And, you know, he's written two books. He had a really successful practice in Surrey with a four-month waiting list. He had 10 acres of land, organic farmland.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
0: (laughs) And I was like... And I didn't know this. So one thing I did know that I knew he was um, an aromatherapist and I knew he was Cherie Blair's aromatherapist. And I always remember telling my friends like, yeah, I have a great uncle who's Cherie Blair's aromatherapist. That's kind of all I knew. (laughs) Um, And then all of a sudden this started to be uncovered. And then in August that year, I ended up in the house that he practiced in that was uh, inherited by his own son, um, and it had been cut from ten acres to four acres. There was no organic farmland. The stone circle. There was a stone circle in the um, in the garden, and um, a, a, a and actually is still well known. People still actually knock on the door to go to this stone circle. So he he was buried in the stone circle with his wife. And when I went there, I really felt his presence, um, and actually felt his sadness um, that that he that the his work had almost been forgotten. Right. Um, and it was like I was there to to bring it to bring it back alive again. Um,
1: what, was and what was
0: his name? Jack Temple. Okay,
1: good name.
0: Yes. <laughs> i know right i've been thinking about turning my i've been thinking about like changing my surname to temple because it's just so cool very cool
1: (laughs) Stella temple that would be good Um, (laughs) it's the star temple yes what side of the family is he from the spanish side
0: no my mum's Uh, so yeah
1: so that's english
0: english polish jews
1: polish jews wow
0: yeah yeah. really fascinating and the reason how he got into this work is that he was going to go into the army but he was refused by 11 doctors um, to go into the army so all all his brothers went into the army, my grandad was a general in the army and he got refused um, because of his illnesses Um, and that's what actually took him onto the path of going into the organic farmland and um, none of his family had vaccines. He actually treated people for vaccine poisons. Um, so he's he's written two books, The Medicine Man and The Healer, um, which I, I just bought the other day. Actually, I have them on my my altar. Funny enough, they're sitting next to my altar. <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> and um, and when I went to this land and when I went to see this land in uh, where he was in also in Surrey in in uh, August I asked for a sign and the most beautiful butterfly (laughs) came to me a very rare looking butterfly it sat on my finger I've still got the photos what was really fascinating about this is I sat in the car uh, I went with my younger brother and I sat in the car on the way out And I could really feel a lot of energy sort of flowing through me and I, I went to look at my phone at the photos and all the photos that I had taken that day were not on my phone. And I thought, wow, this is this is weird. Where are all the photos gone? And I turned my phone off and I turned my phone back on and none of the photos were there. Now, that's never happened. I've never lost photos on my phone. I've never not been able... I've never known it to break in that way. Anyway, later on that day, uh, a, a few hours later, they all appeared on my phone um and and that was quite a strange uh scenario because that never happened again I never had any issues in taking photos on my phone again and it it just felt like he was speaking to me it felt like he was communicating with me and for I had to really integrate that for about three days I felt a lot of sadness um and I I could feel that it was sort of like he, he was trying to communicate with me and um and you know and actually his grandson has kind of kept this work alive if you like um and kit and I do have uh, he's roughly the same age as me as well and I do have uh and have had interactions with kit and his work and and his story is absolutely fascinating as well I mean he's totally taken on his grandfather's work and he um doused his wife in china um, he went over a map with his dowser, uh, said, where do I need to go, uh, went to the exact spot, um, found his wife there, married her and has three children with her. They came back to the UK and his children are are also now well renowned. His, his eldest child is 15 and has rewritten the whole Meridian body.
1: And so now do you feel that, that, that um, Jack, do, do you feel him more at peace, Jack Temple?
0: I do. I feel that he's happier.
1: Right.
0: I feel that he, I feel that he, I feel a sense of happiness from him now. Um, but I, I still feel, he, I feel his excitement, actually, right. more than anything. He's certainly not left yet. <laughs> He's here to assist what's coming.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's one of the magical things about when you say, when you call it stepping through that portal of ancestral healing, is is the synchronicities and the signs and how quickly it happens. If you ask sincerely how quickly it happens, um, it was interesting when I, um, particularly with the natural world, I think they use the natural world, like your, like the butterfly um, and technology, losing pictures, but mm. certainly with the natural world. And when, so when I started the book, I was like, well, I better do some like proper ancestral work. So I went to my grandparents' grave in um, Highgate, and took all sorts of offerings and cleared it. Obviously, nobody had been there for years. So, you know, weeded it and cleaned it and then bought daffodils and champagne. And and there was all manner of, like, dysfunction going on in my family that I was sort of taking it on. Not very helpfully, actually, but just like, oh, you know, you know, the way that you take it on psychically.
0: That's and, also where my nan and granddad is. Oh, really? In Highgate.
1: yeah. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Um, and, and, you know, and I had a little cry and I lit some candles and, and then I was like, and I really talked to them, which is also what, what Maladoma talks about. It's like, it it doesn't have to always be reverent. It's like picking up a phone to the family member and going, look, I've had enough of this. I can't stand it anymore. I really need some help. You know, it doesn't have to be very necessarily very reverential, you know. Um, which I love that about him. But anyway, so at the end of it, I've had a little cry. And at the end of it, I'm like, okay, so I'll need a sign that you've heard me, you know, thinking in the next week or so. (laughs) I just feel like this prickling down my right side and I turn and there's this fox just sitting there (laughs) staring at me. And we literally, it was like, must have been for at least a minute this fox just staring at me it was like whoa and then he just turned and just trotted off (laughs) and it was really interesting because in the writing of the book I'd be up quite late or working quite early and there were always foxes I was in London you know in a first floor flat or a raised ground flat and I'd be writing in the window and there were foxes, like they would literally just kind of come up. And I know there are lots of foxes in London, but still it was ridiculous. It was like everywhere. Oh, and then at one point, at one point, I'm having a really difficult part in the book. And I'm like, I can't get through it. I can't get through it. Ancestors help me. And I get up and I look out of my bedroom window. And then there's this, <laughs> there's this funeral procession which clearly has gotten lost because then nobody goes through that road. It's a tiny little road. And this whole kind of cortege goes past my window and in the window of the, you know, the, what's it called? Not the limousine, but <laughs> the hearse mm-hmm. is like dad in like brilliant white flowers. Mm-hmm. And, and, off it went. and that was like, that was, I, I've never seen that before or since it was definitely lost so that was another one of these so they use all these quite playful Mm. um things to to you know and if you're awake to that a little bit um it can be really helpful
0: oh totally and and do you know since uh doing the course and also having my own experiences you know I do run ancestral healing circles now and you know, I kind of have uh, done even one-to-one ancestral healing with people, and you know the stories even back from them. I, it just makes me smile, you know, because I'm like, yeah, that's it, you know. And I, and the, again, the question is, it's like, look, don't don't look at the session between me and you as this is two hours, and then you're just going to have this sudden, you know, <laughs> realization, and 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 you're going to know exactly where you come from. It doesn't work like that. You're just opening up the doors. Um, and once you start to do that, you'll start to discover things about yourself that you never knew. You know, this happened and I know she won't mind me talking about it um, because she's actually done a podcast on it herself. Um, well, not just this particular subject, but she mentions it and uh, she's an embroiderer. Yeah. And uh, my nan was an embroiderer, you know, and I, I do think that, you know, we kind of came across, across each other's path and she does natural dyeing and she uses, you know, the herbs of the, of the earth to do all the natural dyeing. And we done a workshop together and it was weaving plants and your ancestral roots um, through using herbs and flowers, um, et etc. And, you know, we, we had an audit and it was a beautiful, beautiful workshop. And I do my drumming as always. I'm always guided. The, the, the one thing that has, has really become apparent through this is, is the, the the guidance from the drum is just incredible, so powerful. And I do feel that they they guide me when I when I drum, because it allows people to go on their own journeys with it. And um, you know, and, and she ended up finding out within a few weeks of this of this um this workshop that her nan was an embroiderer um and that there was there was things about her nan she hadn't even known she didn't know and it made her see it helped her to realize where her passion had come th- from and you know why why and it it's just it helped her to grow more and more into that into that role you know because there is no doubt then is there and we do <laughs> you know we do have these and it's like we're not just healing we're strengthening these roots and that's something as well that when we don't you know we're not remembering them are we in in the west we're not remembering our ancestors we're not honoring them and remembering them and that's there's so much power in remembrance um and that's something i really learned from reading the book as well and also i a- also remember doing a workshop with you i ran a retreat a few years ago which was um uh it was yoga and juice it was yoga and juicing in the elements i think and and wow did we receive the elements that weekend you know in in all their glory but you came along and you ran a workshop and it was one of the first ancestral uh sort of workshops and and circles and ceremonies that I'd ever really done. So it was, I think is about four years ago now, coming up to four years ago. And um and that was really profound. That was really profound. I remember you asking us to kind of hold somebody in our memory and it was my nan. Um, and it was beautiful and it was it uh, it was like I gave her permission to leave um and and to go in peace you know and that everything's all right and it was like she kind of walked through these doors and I'd never had an experience like that before I'd always found it quite difficult to visualize because my mind was always in the way and um and so that that was that that was really powerful you know and I and I still feel even from this day you know all of that, and it's gone into my family. You know the discussions I now have with my mum, and I then went to Highgate also to to visit my. You know, well, I mean, they were both cremated, but they, their their urn was put there, and and it was just, it, yeah, the journey has just been incredible. It really has. It's just opened up all all those doors, and it has helped me to remember who I am.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like this identity, which seems a bit uh, what's the word made up. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, you go, oh, oh, okay, yes, this is this is the weaving of who I am over generations, and I and I think that when we do that, we're also able to do the other thing, which is go. But I'm also not that. Do you yes. see what I mean? That I am also witness to that. I'm also a spiritual being who is not just bound up. In the family, but until we kind of ground ourselves in that, it's very difficult for us to then safely be also in a more non-dual witness, you know, spiritual person. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's funny, actually, because when I found out about my great uncle, I thought, oh, I need to take on all his work. That's what I've been, that's what I'm here to do. That's clearly why I found out. And then I remember taking his book on a flight with me to Portugal. Um, I went to an ecstatic dance festival in Portugal and, um, and I took this book with me and I'd left it in the, uh, in the plane and I hadn't realized I'd left it. Um, and so when I got there, I remember this talking to this woman about ancestral healing, and she said, oh, I'd like to know more and 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 this and that. And I said, well, yeah, you know, yeah, I have my uncle's book here. And it was all, I thought, God, this is a great opportunity for me to look. And I tried to find this book and couldn't find it. And I thought, that's really strange. Where's this book? And so it had to come from me.
1: <laughs> nice. Oh, got <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and it was like that was my lesson. <laughs> I have a all in me, you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> fantastic and i think I think also we're the first generation really who. I mean, obviously, back in the day, we were all indigenous. So we were all, you know, honoring and remembering the ancestors. And there were all the stories, you know, you know, we would have been part of an oral community where everybody was telling stories about who had gone before and all that. So there's that. But in recent times, through the trauma, through the wars, the civil wars, the migrations, the poverty, the Irish situation, the, you know, we are, as you said in the beginning, just receiving so much intergenerational trauma, but we 're really the first generation that 's looking into all these different modalities, whether it 's just basic therapy or all the different modalities for healing and each moment that we fully heal and fully meet our trauma. I feel like it goes back and forward. So it ripples through all all the generations, all those traumatized ancestors who may still be in pain are healed. And all those generations going forward, of course, don't have to carry the trauma. So I think that we are at a massive crossroads moment um, that can result in a quantum shift because the more of those traumatized ancestors are liberated, the more than they can be working with us to create this new world, this new awakening, this new rebirth that we're clearly, I believe, moving into. So it's really important work, I think, and very, very exciting. And even if you don't necessarily do ancestral work, the fact that you heal yourself from this trauma will nonetheless go back and, and heal all the others
0: absolutely there is no that's the thing like i said sort of you know that there, there are so many different ways to <laughs> to, to uh, you know to call to call this work but ultimately it's just re, it's just reconnection reconnection to ourselves reconnection to the lineage that we came from and being in it you know, being in acceptance of that, and um, and through the acceptance of that, we can move through it, we can see it for what it is, you know. And you know, the series of podcasts that I'm doing at the moment are connected uh, very much connected into you know, looking at mental health and addiction, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, we can see. I know for me personally, when I did this work, I was able to see where the mental health came from. I was able to see where the addiction came from. You know, when I look into the traumas of the Jews and of the Spanish Civil War, you know, and what they turned to as a result in order to cope, you know, no wonder these traumas were still showing up today.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because they couldn't, they couldn't, I mean, as we say in the book, with the Spanish Civil War, nobody could talk about it for years. Yeah. They? I mean, even now, it's like a controversy and yeah. pain between families. Um, yeah. And like G- Gabor Mate, is it Gabor Mate? He's yeah. on addiction and trauma and and all that. I think I think they're very closely related. I mean, and I think does is it him who talks about? The post First War, First World War generation being, he calls it something like the post-alcoholic generation because that's what they turn to in order to deal with the pain. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. He keeps coming up a lot recently. Actually, Gama Mate. I must, I must um, do a podcast with him.
1: <laughs> you must you must? He's amazing.
0: Yeah. yeah, it would be amazing to get him on. <laughs> so yeah. Well, you know, it's, I think that, that is it, isn't it? You know, it is, it's not easy though, if that's the thing. I think that's what we need to kind of think a lot of people sort of come into this and like, I really want to, I want to, I want to heal this stuff. I want to work on this stuff. I want to look into my ancestral, but also that's, that, that also unearths a lot of darkness, right? A lot of stuff that can be possibly Mm
1: -hmm.
0: very, very painful to look at.
1: Yeah, and there's another teacher called Daniel Four. So before I did that workshop with you, I had a session with him and he was very interesting because I was like, I'm doing this workshop. There's quite a few people there, you know, you know, give me some advice, essentially. And he was like, I always, and and, and I don't know if you remember this, but he was like, I always lead people to, beyond the necessarily broken ancestors into the wise and loving ancestors, right? Which could be quite a few years previous, even a hundred years or 200 or 300 or 400 years previously. And I think he talked about them, or maybe I might've got the language slightly different. He calls him the wise and loving ancestors. I call them the golden the golden ancestors. Um, and he's very um, boundaried, and clear in his book about envisaging your whole, all your different lineages. He breaks them down into four. And this, and feeling into, instinctively feeling into what is the lightest and the brightest among them and working with that one first. And then going, so, because you really want the support of the lightest, brightest, before you start delving into the more tricky elements. Um, so as you're right, it's a it's a real journey. Um, I do remember there was one person in that workshop who had the most amazing experience with the golden ancestor. I think it's okay to talk about it. Is it okay to talk about
0: it? Yeah, I have a feeling I even know who you mean. And if it's my best friend, you're totally okay to talk about it.
1: <laughs> he was German, I think.
0: Oh. Ah, oh, yes, I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't her, but yeah, yeah.
1: Um where she had this golden ancestor and she was literally seeing all these soldiers, these young soldiers literally walking up towards this golden ancestor and the way she described it was like <laughs> oh, you just rescued like um <laughs> you know at least two lineages you know that was extraordinary what was your best friend's story
0: uh I think my best friend's story was actually really going into her Native American uh Native yeah 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 yeah. yes
1: Um,
0: and she's become very connected to that lineage now for the last few years and she's done more ancestral work and healing work with me, and it's interesting, isn't it, when you look at the ancestral healing work, because you kind of have the immediate family and the seven generations back from that, and then of course then you've then you've got it where you can be connected to your ancestral field from thousands of years ago, which are memories that come through that that wouldn't be obvious because obviously there is no memory, you know there is no there's not necessarily any recorded information from that.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I feel like as we untie the knots, a little bit like the Bushman talking about those ropes to God. It's like when we untie these knots of trauma or dysfunction, then we have full, you know, this light leading back as far as we want to go. And all that energy and all that wisdom can come through because we've done the work of just untying those those knots. But as you say, it's it's work. It's not it's not just like.
0: Bingo. No, it certainly isn't. Not when you're dealing with hundreds of years, hundreds and thousands of years worth of you know um of where where we all came from. You know, it can go. It can go deep. It can go really deep. So you just do as much as what you, you're able to do and what you're shown, as and when. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, so what, what I know that you said that you wanted to ask me a couple of things. Was that still?
1: You actually have told me because I, w- I was wanting to ask about your story with the book and what you discovered and then what happened. So, yeah, those were my. And, and maybe I'd ask you um, what kind of rituals in the book have you done and what have you found to be most helpful?
0: Um, for me, I think the rituals of definitely, you know, kind of using an altar, um and honoring you know the four directions and the you know calling in the four elements and um and and really using the the words you know uh please forgive me i forgive you uh thank you uh i love you and just kind of really Sitting with that, you know, and using a memory from them and having a memory from them, whether it's a photo, whether it's a flower, whether it's some food, just really honouring that and giving that time, and then I play, you know, playing the drum, and and I've brought all of the, and I never did any of that before, but it kind of really highlighted the importance of that and the importance of honouring our ancestors.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say that that that's the most simple and and sweet thing that one can do is to do that also and have conversations. <laughs> you know.
0: The conversations are so beautiful, and actually dance is a big thing for me as well. Really, I feel like when I do the work around the ancestors, I feel like dancing for them and with them is really quite profound.
1: Now now you're getting very African and indigenous, and
0: and very much so. Yeah, and I feel that flowing through me. I feel the African, uh, and you know, I feel that the African spirit flow through me a lot. The African ancestors have come to me a lot since doing this work. So you've
1: reminded me because I don't dance. I'm going to start doing that. Of course, that's how they. That's how they worship them that's how they honor them that's how they feel them coming up through their feet and into their heart and yeah yeah
0: yeah the feet like the way I plant my feet when I'm working with so when I run um, the workshops we always dance it out at the end
1: brilliant Brilliant. oh maybe I'll come to one of your workshops
0: yeah yeah well I'm really excited about doing one again in person I did try to do one online through the lockdown and it was okay but you know i feel like uh i'll wait until we can go back in person well i say that actually i say that what am i talking about i'm actually doing a an online um course which is conscious practices for uh, mental health and addiction and and movement and and honoring our ancestors will be part of that right great got to do what
1: we've got to do right
0: yeah, well when, you know, when the call in's there, that's the thing. I don't really operate on dates and times. I just kind of go with when the call in is there. Yeah. But um I just want to say thank you. I've really, really enjoyed the chat. It's just, I feel like I've just got completely lost in our, it just feels like a beautiful conversation and really nice to check in with you about it because I, I feel that it's probably something we've, we've not done, even though it's been a profound part of our meeting.
1: Yeah, exactly. We haven't. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You've, you've um, yeah, you've reminded me.
0: Yeah, yeah, good. Um, (laughs) We all need those reminders, don't we? So, but thank you.
1: Such a pleasure. Thank you. Take care.
0: And you. (laughs) Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. To continue to keep up to date with what the Conscious Buddy community are up to, uh, you can connect through the online platform, which is a safe container you request to join, there are a few suggestions which is just to follow some simple rules of love and kindness, equality, supporting others, community and unity. This is just so we can keep the container safe for you to share with your other conscious buddies. You can also find out about up and coming retreats, events and workshops at consciousbodycommunity.com. If you like the content you are receiving and to continue to support our mission, which is ultimately to provide resources into our communities and to help educate those that need it, you can make a monthly or one-off donation through our donate button on consciousbodycommunity.com. We appreciate your support.